AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m. I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but... Old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. I don't know what episode it is, it's a very (laughs) special episode of the Fighting Cup podcast, this isn't what we normally do, mostly it's uh, four men around a a microphone trying to figure out how to best deal with the latest uh, terrible result that Spurs have had, or in more recent times, brilliant result, but today we get to speak to uh, a legend in in Tottenham history, uh, Cliff Jones, welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks so much for the welcome. And, I know. Uh, looking forward to it. It's an absolute privilege. Um, we don't often get to speak to decent guests on the fighting cards. <laughs> Usually, my mates that I bring in, but uh, it's an it's an amazing amazing experience. And and you've got a book out. The uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, and I've been reading through it over the last two weeks, and um, I can't wait to ask you some questions about it. We're also joined by Rob White. Hello there. Son yeah. of John White, but also a friend, I guess, for a long time. Um, you've known. I've, I've, well, I've known Rob since he's been. I can't even be seen this that high. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, and uh, I guess since before I was here, you probably saw me before I did, as as in the bump in my mother's stomach. So. Yeah. Right. And so, and he's, and he's developing a fine young man. I must say that. Young? Well, oh, that's debatable. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. and, and my father. Uh, yeah. Dave or Dad? Weird. I don't like saying Dave. Yeah, never, nice. never could. Yeah. Um, my dad obviously saw Cliff. Uh, play with his own eyes and as I as I got older I, uh, when I was a kid you know I, I was asking him stories about the days of old of Tottenham and obviously you'd often talk about the 61 double winning team and and he'd often talk about this winger this guy called Cliff Jones who might was when I was a kid I was like I don't know who Cliff Jones is I'm, six, I'm five I'm six I don't know but I remember Cliff Jones constantly coming through and then the things he used to the stories he used to tell me about him dad and uh, so I just thought it would be a nice quartet yeah. To to talk about uh, Cliff's life and also uh, the amazing book, it's a it's a wonderful life. Which is is it out now? Can people it's out, get... no? It's out in, in all the leading bookshops. So I it think. should be. <laughs> it was a forward by Ryan Giggs and Gareth Bale, which is an uh, is an obvious uh, choice for people to write forwards. Should we throw this out there now? Who is the best Welsh winger? Is it Cliff Jones? Well, is it Gareth one. Bale? Or is it Ryan Giggs? Come, okay. who's the best winger? Well. Not for me to say, is it really? Um, I'll say. I had I had my 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 place in the in the Welsh wingers, and uh, I can remember seeing Ryan Giggs. I was teaching at Highbury Goals, you know, and mm. um, Islington boys were playing uh, Salford boys at the Market Street. Yeah, the, Mar- the, the Astro Turf. Yeah, yeah, Market Road. Yeah, Market Road, and mm. uh, and I, this kid for Salford picked the ball up, and he just ran through the. Uh, the hybrid defence uh, I thought defence who was this kid yeah. and of course it was Ryan Giggs and you didn't have to know so you didn't have to be a soccer expert to realise at that time that this lad was going to go to the very top and of course he's done that yeah, he did. and uh, I've met him once or twice uh, Ryan he's a smashing young man and certainly a great player and it's not for me to say who's the best me or him ok 
I love the. Uh, well, in my, in my opinion, you are I'm not being biased, but you were the <laughs> greatest winger I've ever seen in my life. Well, there we go. And your dad knows he's talking about. He does. Your yeah. dad yeah. does know his yeah. stuff. I mean, I do agree with you. Ryan Giggs, yeah. fantastic. Uh, Gareth Bale. I mean, obviously, he wasn't a winger to start with, but he turned into more or less a bit of a winger. But like you, uh, to me, was the proper winger. Like now, there's wing backs, like full backs, are like wingers now. But you was a winger, weren't you? So well, we one of the glory boys, uh, yeah. as we say. And, uh, you and Dyson, Teddy Dyson, yeah. and then Teddy Medwin as well. And yeah, uh, Medwin. Terry, well, there was yeah. the three wingers: there's Teddy yeah. Dyson, yeah, who was an outside left, as myself, yeah. who I can play both sides, and Teddy Medwin, who was an outside right. Yeah, and Bill Nicholson then would. Out of the two boys who was playing the best, I was Terry Medwin or Terry Dyson, and he, mm. he'd, he'd fit me in accordingly. I was always the number one winger, and I was going to either play at outside left yeah. or outside right. It's all according to how Terry Dyson and Terry Medwin were playing. Mm. Yeah. So I was his... Um, number one. Number one. <laughs> I was going to say favourite, right, so. but no, Bill didn't have any favourites. <laughs> in case there's anyone out there that doesn't, doesn't know, uh, Cliff Jones was one of our double winning uh, side... Ten years as a professional at Tottenham Hotspur, um, and, and you you said in the in the prelude in your book that it was an unbelievable honour uh, playing for Tottenham. But you hear the, the way your supporters talk about your dedication to Tottenham and, and, and the way you played. I think the honour is actually with the fans, um, and, and just someone as you known for many many years, Cliff. I think uh, 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 Rob. Sorry, I think it's 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 an, an incredible thing that you we're sitting here together talking about an amazing. Uh, Tottenham man uh, yeah. and, and and someone who spent time with, with your father John White who's also I think in your own words Cliff is one, one, of, the, one of the greatest midfielders that we've ever had <coughs> in fact 1959-60 <coughs> we were just we still Bill was getting the team together he went up to um, to Hearts up to Scotland and, and he signed Dave Mackay mm. and Dave like he came. Dave to me is like one of the most influential players I've ever seen. He he makes teams. He changes teams. He did it with Derby County. He did it with Hearts. He did it with Tottenham. And we started to really kick off. And then, Bill then went back up to Scotland and he signed John White. And then we really kicked off. Mm. John came into that midfield and he just uh, he just controlled the midfield. And uh, also we were great pals. We we sort of uh, got on with each other and. Uh, for many years, we we roomed with each other, and uh, we were like a couple of schoolboys. We really enjoyed ourselves. Oh, Sometimes we... Bill Nicholson objected to some of it. I bet he did. I bet he did. We've got a whole section about John White to talk about. Um, Dad, I, I just wanted to, and when, when you know you was talking about Cliff when when, when he played football and and. and but what what was it about him that stood out? Because we did have we had Blanche Flower, we had Mackay, we had uh, no, John what, White. What Cliff said about the bravery, I mean, like some of the headers that you dive down. I don't think a lot of footballers today would risk injury like you did. I mean, I saw you a few times with Cutheads, and you know, and but it was your your speed. Well, I mean, that team to me was just perfection. It was a perfect, perfect team, and like, and you was just a part of a perfect team, basically. <clears throat> well, when it, whenever I talk about that particular team, the the sixties, mm. I always say to people, sort of, 
the main person was Bill Nicholson. Yeah. Bill Nicholson, he ran the club from the boot room up to the boardroom. He knew every aspect of the football club mm. he was involved with. Yeah. Um, but then when we went on to the field of play, Danny Blanchard took over. He mm. became the sort of yeah. the manager of the team then. On the, these mm. days, captains, they don't really make any changes or adjustments to the team. Yeah. But Danny had the intelligence and the ability to do so. And also, there was, I say then, we had three players, Danny Blanchard, Dave Mackay and John White. Yeah, well, if, them, yeah. if they all played well, yeah. them three played well, we all kicked up off them. Yeah. They were, the, they were the, the heartbeat of, yeah. of the team. And uh, as I say, I repeated many times that they were the, the people who sort of really made us tick. And we, and myself, we are the players we had our moments. Mm. But it was them three, they were the team. Yeah, I, I do agree. Well, you yeah, know, yeah, when you, uh, you hear about Dave Mackay and you think, Everyone talks about how hard he was, how much he, how he got stuck in, and obviously there's a famous picture that I know now that he, he hated about the picture where he had <laughs> Bremner up. Bremner, Billy Bremner. Billy Bremner. Yeah. yeah. Um, but how hard was he in training? <laughs> and <laughs> Was he as hard as everyone said? Uh, he, he was. I mean, I've, I've played against him when, when playing for <laughs> Wales for Scotland, and he, he, he just he ripped into me, didn't he? Yeah. And I, I looked up, and I was on the floor, and I, and I looked, and I said, Dave, I thought we were... <laughs> Pretty sure then. <laughs> no, you can swear. You can swear. More than swear. That's fine. So Big we mates, and he, he said, "Yeah, he said, but not today, son. Said, yeah, not today. Not today." And that was Mackay. He was just an absolute winner. He yeah. was, and uh, but of course, whatever people they always do emphasise how how hard he was, but also he was so clever and he was so skillful as well. And sometimes people lose sight mm. of that. That how. Brilliant, he was as a as a footballer. Okay, mm. I think I remember talking to Terry Dyson about that, and because they, they used to have these famous five side games in the ball court, yeah. gymnasium, and. Uh, Terry said he said basically I asked him a similar thing about Mackay and he said even if you're on the same side as Mackay you wanted to make sure he was in front of you just so you didn't <laughs> know he was going to come stealing from behind basically that's amazing so he was just yeah. completely rugged wasn't he Mackay was yeah, yeah that, that sort of that sums him up uh, Rob rugged <laughs> rugged yeah he oh, was at the game when uh, he lifted Bremner up. Oh, were you? Yeah, because uh, he, he'd just come back from a broken leg, right, didn't yes. he? That's yeah. right, I think and it was the second time he yeah, broke as well. Yeah, and uh, Bremner yeah. done a pretty bad tackle on him, and he just went with him and literally, literally lifted him up to ground. Did you know, Dad, that you, uh, you talked previously about him hating that image? Because he didn't, he, he, said it made him, it was... he said it made him look like a bully, if that's yeah. right, and yeah, he didn't like it. Yeah. Like, when you, like what Chris said, like when you had two broken legs yeah. and then a player sort of goes over the top, but I mean, They're players right. in them days didn't really moan about tackles like they do now. Mm. And uh, yeah, he just basically said, you know, don't do that again, you know. He would have most sent off well, today. They were but, friends yeah. as well, weren't they? They were good friends. They would have been. Well, yeah. yeah. Good pals. Well, it's sort of Mackay's when he went on to the field to play, like whoever he was playing against, they were the enemy. But when he came off the field, we were all mates. And uh, simple as that, it was all forgotten, all left behind in, on, the, on the pitch. Mm. Yeah. And he just one uh, amazing character, Mackay. Do you what? think today, like, the players are softer? Or do you think, like, in your <coughs> day, it was more. I think the game, yeah, but the game was more physical. In, in it was, in, yeah. In days, yeah, yeah. I, I, I worked on a Tottenham on a match day, and, yeah. and the question I get asked is, how would I do in today's football? Yeah, 
or players of my Very era. Good, I was they, yeah. And I just said, well, it's not how I would do in today's football. Yeah. How would today's <laughs> footballers, how would they adjust to yeah. the style of football that we used to play? Yeah. You know, it was a much more physical game. Yeah. Um, also, the conditions, you know, you, you look at the, the pictures, yeah. The pitch, you know, White Hart Lane at times was like absolutely um, mud bath. Mud bath, yeah. And how would, they, how would it, yeah. they cope and adjust to that? And, yeah. And the football itself. That's and, right. And equipment. Yeah. And yeah. I well, say, I think today's footballers would find it far more difficult to adjust to the style of football mm. that we played in, and then vice versa. That's going into today's yeah. football. I also did this for, but wouldn't be too impressed with the wages either, were they? Nah. Would, what, like £60 a week? Yeah. I don't think, no. That's <laughs> is it? No, but when you think like in like your, the double winning team, there was not really that many injuries, was there? Apart from like Dave McKay breaking his leg. But the, the actual squad, there was mostly about 14 or 15 that's that played literally the whole the season. season. Yeah, and, we have, and that's, that's how we did it. And you're I playing think. with like, our players who got stuck in, not like well, generally, you know, really, wherever yeah. you went, like you, you go to Bolton Wanderers and you go to Sheffield Wednesday, and yeah. some of the players are there and the pitches you played on. That's right. In fact, I have to say that when we talked about you, but the only one who used to get injured was me. Yeah. So I'd always had some surgery, get a knock on an injury, and I'd, I'd, I'd missed quite a few games. And my time at Tottenham, I, something I think I missed more games than I played. <laughs> well, actually, when you, when you came to Spurs, it's kind of you, you had you joined from Swansea. Swansea, yes. Uh, yeah. but, but I love Swansea. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Swansea. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's completely understandable. You are Welsh. I mean, we, I, I forget that for a bit because, <laughs> like, Cliff, Cliff Jones is Spurs. We own it. He's ours. You know, you, you'll be ours forever. But you actually, you know, you part of uh, Swansea played at the Vetch. Is it three years? Did you as a professional footballer? I've six years in the Vetch. Six years yeah, as six a pro. Years. As a pro, yeah. right? And then, and then, and then you kind of come to, come to a position where you thought, I, I need to make a change here. Lots of clubs. Is it in the third division as well? Were they playing? No, we second division, yeah. Right, not bad. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, there was lots of clubs coming after you. Chelsea were interested. Arsenal were interested. Yeah. Um, Man United Man also. United. They were, well, Jimmy Murphy, you see, he was a team manager of Wales and, uh, and also <coughs> very much involved with Manchester United. And yeah. Of course, he... And the time I got transferred was about the time of the Munich air crash. Yeah. That disaster when sort of... Tragic moments which sort of uh, wiped up the backbone of Manchester United Football Club, mm-hmm. um, and of course then he he came in because that's when I that's when I asked for the transfer was wrong about that time. Mm. So uh, obviously Manchester United were very interested, and uh, but it was always going to be Tottenham for me. Always. Just so again, people that listen to this might not know if you could. How big a team were Spurs at that time before they signed? And is there a comparison to the size of a club or, or, or the success of a club now? So, as Spurs in well, when when they signed you, compare how would you compare them to a, a team now in the Premier League, for example? Will we challenge you know? Will well, we big? Well, Tottenham always an attractive team. Mm. Sort of going back to the fifty fifty one side when the push and run. With with Arthur Rowe and of course, yeah, and of course Bill Nicholson was in that side and uh, always like a team that sort of people wanted to see and and watch and and that appealed to me and uh, uh, also a good friend of mine Terry Medwin who played at Swansea he moved to uh, to Tottenham two years before and was doing so well there and he was speaking highly of 
the way they, they, they go about their game. Mm. Uh, so for me, it was always going to be Tottenham. And also, the time that uh, I was at Swansea, the, the manager then for Swansea was Ronnie Burgess. All right. Ronnie Burgess, who was possibly the greatest player has ever played for Tottenham. Yeah. Bill Nicholson, now Bill Nicholson, he knows the game quite a bit, and he said the greatest player that's ever played for Tottenham, mm. not David Mackay or Danny Blanchard or Jimmy Greaves or whatever, Ronnie Burgess. Ronnie was like a wing yeah. off, and, and of course, Ronnie, you know, he said to me, he said to me then, he said, well, there's a number of clubs who are after me, and uh, he said, you sign for Tottenham, Cliff, they suit your style of play, and... Uh, you know, he knew he was talking about Ron. Mm, yeah. But then he did, and he done sign for the Arsenal. And I wondered why. Yeah, I yeah. wondered why. I thought, that's a funny thing to say. Yeah. But of course, now I realise where Ronnie Burgess was coming that from. That was the greatest bit of advice. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest bit of advice he ever gave me, I think. Thank God you didn't do that. This would be a very different podcast right now. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so you came over to Tottenham. Obviously, Chelsea, you, you talk about this in the book, uh, the Chelsea were really interested in... Um, Ted Drake, he was the manager there, wasn't he? Ted Drake. And yeah. Jimmy Thompson, who was, uh, he was the one who used to do all the wheeling and dealing. They met you, right? Yeah, they met me. And yeah. came, they, I was doing my national service and they came to St. John's Wood and yeah. they wanted me big time, didn't they? And uh, they were going to give me this and give me that. But, you know, I, it, it makes you think you're a young man and you've got a family. And You had two yeah, two kids then? Two children then. Yeah, and, and so you were a young man from Wales. Um, obviously... You know, when when someone's flashing, you have no allegiance to Tottenham at that stage because you know we're just a club that you could sign for, and then uh, Chelsea come along in the way that seems to suit them throughout their entire. Oh, maybe that's just me talking about Chelsea. I don't know. <laughs> it seems it seems suitable that Chelsea gave you this offer that was probably a little bit, you know, backhanded, maybe a little bit. Not Is that fair? Yeah, no. not as it should be. That's a, that's a <laughs> diplomatic way to say it. Anyway, you joined Tottenham, yeah, and uh, and thank God you did because you became part of our greatest ever our greatest ever team. Um, but what, what was that transition like moving from Wales to uh, Palms Green, which is where you, you ended up and stayed for many years? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, you just take and you stride, don't you? You sort of, you, 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 you life and you move on somewhere and you just just do it. And I'd just come out of the National Service, doing two years in, in St John's Wood in London. Uh, so... Uh, Oh, so you were in London doing the National Oh, yes, yeah. So you were settled to some Spot degree. To, I knew a little bit about London and London life. And, uh, yeah, so it, it really wasn't um, a big deal, sort of um, moving up to Tottenham. Mm. Sort of, uh, that was it, sort yeah. of. I, I, I would say possibly then it, it was, was not as close-knit as it is down in Wales, where, where it's, we, we lived in, in, in Barthur Street, which is a... Terrace Road and uh, everybody knew each other and uh, mm. but when we went to move in Palmer's Green was a little bit more middle class and totally different but hey you're you, in the football club most of the time I think it, it must have been harder for my wife and, and the family to uh, mm. to settle rather than myself yeah. so I'm out there playing football with the lads and it's okay yeah. no problem <laughs> um, and you, so you started, and it was—it uh, wasn't the best of starts, was it? Uh, you, you turned up, and they weren't, didn't, it weren't. Uh, it was game. First game was against Arsenal. Was it against Arsenal? Yeah, not the best of starts. <laughs> it was amazing, yeah. Uh, but you didn't. You turn up, and um, I, they wouldn't I, let you in the stadium. That's right. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> can you imagine that? I, I, I turned up with my wife. My wife didn't as well, and, and we'd. Uh, we made a way a double decker bus man to get there because yeah. we were stopping somewhere in Finsbury Park and 
<laughs> and uh, we arrived there, and the commissioner, like he said, hello, and I said, yeah, Clifford Jones, I've just signed for Tottenham. He said, I've heard that before. <laughs> he said, you can't, you can't tell me all that. I said, well, look, anyway, I got him to go in to see Bill Nicholson. I said, well, look, go in. And, anyway, Bill Nick came out, and he said, yeah, that's him. He said, good to see you, Cliff. Then he looked at his watch, and said, by the way, you're late. Yeah. I thought, that's fucking good, isn't it? <laughs> they wouldn't let me in, and now I'm late. <laughs> Welcome to the First Division, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> At least you remembered your boots on that occasion. I remember my boots, yes. Yeah, I did. Great story. What well, your your boots though were were sort of kind of subject to a bit of discussion in the in the changing room. When that's when I played for Wales, yeah. All oh, right, I missed my yeah. stories up. So go on, tell tell us that because that's an amazing. Wales were playing England. You had your 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 your, your boots, the ones you like playing in. Yeah, that's right. Wales were playing England, and because uh, I arrived at we stayed in Porth College at uh, it was at Cardiff yeah. at Ninian Park and. Uh, Right, but of course I forgot my boots and I so I got in touch with my just to have a telephone but telephone was very difficult in them days because nobody had mobiles and I think you had to get a telephone my wife didn't have a telephone yeah. but I had a phone out of work and I said when you come up to the game bring the, my boots I've forgotten them anyway the get to the ground and so there must have been a couple of hour and a half before the game now I'm looking out for my wife now because she's got my boots anyway um, I've come back in and she and, and Jimmy said come on then lads let's get, let's get a change and I want a little chat I want to tell you how we're going to do with the English boys and I said, I, he said well look Cliff he said don't worry about that look leave the tickets on the door with the commissioner that's that's no because he thought it was tickets yeah. I said no it's not tickets Jim it's my boots he said what do you mean your boots I said I forgot my boots he said what Got your fucking boots. <laughs> We're playing against England. Stanley Matthews, Tom Finney, Tommy, and you forgot your fucking boots. Anyway, I, they arrived, didn't they? Thank God for that. And whenever I turned up for a, a Welsh game, the first thing Jimmy Murphy would ask me was, have you got your boots? Got your boots, of course he would. He never let me forget Were that. these the same boots, though, that you, you used uh, to play in when you, you, you turned up for, for Tottenham and Bill Nick? Uh, had a look at them and go, what are they? And you was yeah, like, the same they're, they're boots. boots. Yeah, oh, they're the same. Yeah. Well, you more or less, I think they might have changed by yeah. then. I might have a different boots. So you then. talked about in your book, book about uh, the boots that you felt comfortable in, the one you played in with Swansea, yeah. and, and they, you, like, again, you, you kind of, you've, <clears throat> you've become accustomed to them. And you can, I, I can Which understand. Which you do, you're any footballer, you know, yeah. they take the same thing. They, they, they've got yeah. a number of boots, but they've got a special pair, which... Yeah, they feel yeah. comfortable and you... That's right. You, you, but you, the studs were a little bit worn and this, and, and Bill looked at them and, and he said, oh, not, that's not very good, you've got to get them sorted out. But of course, there wasn't enough time to do that. Because <laughs> mm. in them days, he won the screw-ins, yeah. he'd knock the studs in, wouldn't it? With a mm. hammer and, and la- lathe, or whatever they call it. Not like they are now, are they? Definitely not. <laughs> and anyway, you sort of... Um, it's just 20, about 20 minutes before half-time, I picked the ball up, and I'm going to... I'm Jim Fothering, a big Jim tall lad, full-back, and I, I dropped. I said I dropped my shoulder. I come inside him, left him for dead. I'm coming through, and, and Jack, I can see Jack Kelly. Yeah, I'm just going to sort of like slot in the fab, and of course my foot is given away, and he just sort of zoomed. Yeah. Jack came up and picked it up, and Bill Nixon came in. He said afterwards, "What did I tell you about them boots?" He wouldn't let me forget that. <laughs> I told you about them boots. In future, we will be looking after them. Bill didn't leave anything to chance. He didn't. He sort of played great attention to detail, yeah. and uh, he was a top man. Yeah. And of course, he was right. He yeah, was right, as he always was. 
So you, you, you signed for Spurs a British record transfer fee at the time, £35,000. £35,000. Yeah. Um, quickly, Rob, what's the equivalent now in British? I don't know. I'm just trying to work that's it out. Equivalent? No approximately, I'm a joke, 35 A lot. Let's go. How, yeah, much, how much would Cliff Jones cost now, Dad, is what I'm asking. Now? Now, come on. Oh, millions. Well, obviously millions. <laughs> it's going to be hundreds of thousands. We, uh, 50, 50, 50 mil. Should we say? No, I'd say 80. All right, 80, 80. million pounds, right? So imagine... imagine. That's a good yeah. Goal scoring, will you? Yeah. 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 fortune. Do you want a new agent? <laughs> yeah. Agent, yeah. So you've just imagined... So just to give people an idea, so a huge amount of money, a British record transfer fee, even if it was 30 million, still a huge amount of money, whatever it equivalent was today. And, um, and you come in and you don't kick on at Tottenham straight away, do you? No, I don't, no. No. And also, and also, although I signed for thirty-five thousand pounds, which is a massive amount of money, all I got out of it was a twenty-pound signing-on fee. Yeah, that's mm. all. And the reason, and usually, you, you, the league would give you um, two hundred and fifty quid when you went to another club, but if you asked for a transfer, that was abolished. That, that was ruled out. So as I asked for a transfer, I didn't get that two hundred and fifty quid. All I got then was a twenty-pound signing-on fee. Because so Tottenham are not going to really give me anything. Twenty pounds. Bill didn't do things like that. Right, it was just completely by the book or whatever. It yeah, absolutely was. by the book. Yeah. So um, Bill what, was. What was what was your? If you don't mind me asking, what was your wage when you first joined Spurs? Can you remember? What would it? What was people like of your caliber being paid? Pay, pay? It was seventeen pound a week. Seventeen. Seventeen pound a week and twelve pound in the summer. And, uh, well, because it was warmer in the summer. <laughs> well, you never played football, did you? Right, you weren't playing, so you lived to quid. Yeah. Can you imagine that now? Bale or Kane going, well, yeah. I feel a bit weird about being paid less in the summer. <laughs> I, I suppose, you know, people listening to that, certainly footballers who are listening to this, we think, what's, what's he talking about? Yeah. Like £17 a week for playing football. And then, sort of, um, um, Jimmy Hill and... Got the got the the football union organised, and I'm trying to think the other gentleman who was very instrumental towards forming and uh, the the players' union. Mm. Anyway, and 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 we said that if the maximum wage wasn't abolished, then we would go on strike. Mm. And the league knew we meant business, so the maximum wage was abolished, and we started to get a few quid then. Yeah, that's when you negotiated your own contracts and contracts. And, yeah, comparable to, to, to the ability. And, and when I was at Tottenham then, from £20 a week, I went up to £40 a week. That's which double, double your money there. Double your money. Yeah. Was, was there agents when you was... It wasn't, was no there? agents then, no. No, no, no so... so really, well, I think the only agent was... Can you remember the, the, that series, Dick Barton, special agent? Snowy Jock, Dick Barton, special yeah. He was the only agent about then yeah. but was, that was so Spurs have paid all this money um, and um, obviously you're, you're forming the first formative months of, of your career at Tottenham didn't kind of go as, exactly how you planned uh, and then you broke your leg in training that's right was it a baker who Peter Baker yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who did it and obviously didn't mean it but it was in training and you both went in hard together well, can you explain it. there's an amazing I was nearly sick actually when I read it in your book when it just made me feel so queasy when that injury took place. And you were talking about you wasn't sure, neither of you sure who had broken the leg, but you both heard it. Yeah, it was, there was one crack. It really was. And, and then we were both on the ground and we just we were just looking at each other, I think. Yeah. And of course, Peter Baker stood up, didn't he? Yeah. I couldn't. 
That was it. <laughs> but I think it was. It, was, it might have been um, uh, Bill Nicholson who said, oh, get, have a few, "Take a few steps, see if you can <laughs> see if you can walk." And then no, that's actually quite Yeah. Yeah. And, and you got me up on my feet, yeah. which is probably the worst thing. Yeah. Could happen yeah. at that time. I knew. I said, "Try a few steps." I was just collapsed. Went down again. Yeah. That was it. But it, um, but it gave you it gave you a chance to to, to rest. And You're right, it did. Because I I just came out of the army and I, I played non-stop sport of all sorts. And not only did I play football in the, in the army, I, I played a bit of cricket. I played sort of other sort of games. Uh, I was also working out with the horses, and and that can be very physical as well. And also playing for for my club Swansea, and and then later on, so I I. I and then I, I'd, I'd gone to the the World Cup in 1958, played in the World Cup, and for for two years I played soccer non-stop. And I was, um, I was, you can say I just that break in my leg in many ways was gave me a chance then to just, mm. I don't know, just get myself together a recuperate. bit, you know, recuperate if you like, and 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 chill out somewhat, you know, and give me a chance. Mm. And I, I came back quite strong. Came back. Four months. Was it four months you was up? Four months, yeah. Yeah, and then you came yeah. back, and, and and that's where the the party started. For and that's a better expression. Well, that's a good expression, I think, yeah, because there were a few parties as well. Win or lose on the board. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love that. I'm, I'm well done for that. Uh, the the mythical double, the the amazing moment in in when, when the first British club to ever do the double, it happened at Tottenham, and it was. There were a few other teams before that that, that had an, uh, had an opportunity. If my history's right, there were, there were a couple of other teams that nearly did it, um, uh, but then Tottenham did. Can you describe how, what that was like once you'd actually achieved it? Uh, that sixty-one, sixty. Well, I think the, f- the first thing was the, the league, wasn't it? it was yeah. The league. So, yeah. And we won the first eleven. Yeah. Yeah. We drew the twelfth. I think we won the next four, and then we lost the the seventeenth again. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And of course, by then you can see we had virtually had the You'd won it. The league um, this tied is, up. This is a record that still stands to this day. And I think it still stands to yeah. do, do you know? I do. Do you not? I don't know if anyone else does this, right? But whenever at the start of every season, I'm watching. I'm yeah. watching these leagues, and Feyenoord nearly did it this year. They had nine. And, and then they drew four on the bounce, you know. Uh, I'm all, Bayern Munich got to ten, and I just I, I love that I love that record. The fact that we're eleven, and then say we're eleven draw, and then won another four. <clears throat> Sheffield Wednesday were, were a good team then. Very good, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I think they came second that year. Yeah. But of course, the other factor, but we, we only used seventeen players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is you know quite amazing. Yeah. And we and I think there was over. Two million people watched us in league matches, and another five hundred thousand in cup matches. Because mm. not only were did we get results, we were also very entertaining. We were effective, and we were entertaining. People mm. just there was locked. The gates were shut before the kickoffs from where, wherever we went. Yeah, because we played that attractive football, and I think like Danny Blanchard was like you know sort of let's go out there and sort of. Give the people sort of enjoyment. And let's not bore them to death. No, that's and right. Danny had one or two words, you know, to say about about that. And he, he was, was a, a big factor in it all, Danny. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we 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 created a film called uh, Memory Lane, and um, we spoke to Judy Welsh, and she was her understanding of Danny Bantfair and his career is is like no other human being on earth, and it's fascinating. Um, but she talks about Blanche Flower and 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 Nicholson being some a uh, kind of almost kindred. Uh, you know, they they would get on in a way that no, he, I think the the term she used was that no no one was able to tame Danny Blanche Flower until he met. Bill Nick and they were kind of cut from the same cloth. There's a great quote uh, about the, the from the chairman who said the problem with you, Danny, is you've got all of you've got all the answers. And he said, I think he's called him darling or sweetheart or something like that. You don't even know the questions. <laughs> How do you say that to a chairman of your own football club? That's anything. <laughs> How do you say anything? Was that what he was like? He was a man. We and we love him as well. And I, I say about people about when we talk talk about this first side. I say the main person was Bill Nicholson because mm. Bill, like he sort of, uh, he ran the club from the boot room right up to the boardroom and every aspect of the club he was involved with. Even on a, on an afternoon during the week, he, Len Warren was the clerk of works, you know, the maintenance man, and, and Bill would be going around with a sort of a clipboard, you know, seeing what had to be done to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> so every aspect. But then when we went on to the field to play. Danny Blanchard took over. Yeah. Danny became the manager. He, he used to give you some stick as well, didn't he? Well, Danny, yeah. he, he would say things to me. Like, I used to like dribble with the ball a lot. I used to like, used to, like running with it. And I can remember Danny saying to me one, one time during the game clip, he said, do you realise the ball is round? It was roll. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, Danny? He said, why don't you bypass the fucking thing? Out again? <laughs> and that was Danny and that was me. And uh, it, it, it worked. It just worked. And... Uh, um. <laughs> Rob, what yeah. what can you tell us about uh, about the sixty one double winning team? And and and, and again, look, a lot of people listen to this podcast who are even you know from from overseas. We know that, that that's that's the case, and they they've only they've heard stories about sixty one. What 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 was it about that side that was that was as special as as it remembered? It is. Was it that there was lots of money pumped in? Was it that, that there was a, there was a spirit there? Was yeah. it was it that we we had a great manager, or was it a combination of all of those things? I like to think as a football fan, it's a bit like the uh, first uh, first man that walked on the moon. Once it's done, nobody else can do it. Mm. So my analogy, my I, obviously I, I'm massively biased because my dad played for that side and Cliff played for that side, and I've been brought up with these fantastic stories, myths, and legends. But for me, that is, I, I, I did a piece recently with an Arsenal fan in the back of a cab. We did a piece going to the Emirates talking about the North London derby. And we were talking about the difference between Spurs and Arsenal. And it, 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 It's really interesting. I found it really interesting because I think actually it is about that doing it with style. And when you, when you think back, not just as a Spurs fan... Two million people watch that side. Mm. So we, we're talking about a sort of a, if you if you're being very uh, ethereal, if you're thinking really hard about it, it's a, a time of massive change in in the UK in t- in terms of you know in terms of the Beatles, in terms of black and white, in terms of things happening, in terms of rock and roll. You know, George Best was 66, 67, but these guys were the guys that effectively plugged that gap between mm. the 50s and, and uh, the, the, the Beatles so um, it's just I also think I always think that 11 straight wins thing yeah. there are so few records in, in world sport that, that last you know but, but that, that, that's lasted 50 too many years now 
Um, it's brilliant, and I'm at now at the point where it, you know I think if it was Tottenham that are ten wins, I'd probably want them to lose the eleventh just just, <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. of that. Um, so I don't think I've answered your question. I don't think I've thrown any more no, questions. No, what, what, actually, what, what was quite interesting when we were doing when Julie and I were doing the book about my dad, the ghost. We had I had the privilege of talking to Cliff and others about it. I, luckily enough, I've known Cliff for my whole life. But I remember trying to get inside, and I think that's what fans want, to get inside the mind of what that t- what those times were like. And I remember you telling us about waiting uh, to get onto the pitch at White Hart Lane with 60,000 people on a glory, glory night, and the noise, and just amazing. looking up from the stairs, because they, they used to be on the right-hand side, didn't oh, no, they? Sure. Yeah. By the, near the Park Lane, that bit, really, in that corner. And you just sort of, Sort of saying, I could feel you were transporting yourself back into saying, "Well, you just thought, come on, let's have some of this." And it was, I, I just, you know, I was, I was, I thought it was incredible actually. Mm. To, to, to think, <coughs> yeah. uh, Rob is quite right. Sort of the, uh, just waiting to get onto the field of play, and you could. And also, when I when I was first there, we used to have a, a, a marching band to entertain the crowd before the game, and. And there was always this, they had this, like, bloke in the front who would have the cable and he'd be throwing it up in the air and catching it. And and whenever there was a big cheer, you knew he'd missed it. <laughs> so we'd be listening, just carrying on. There'd be a big cheer, you'd say, no, he's missed the bloody car. He's missed it. <laughs> and it was all, that was all part of the, of the, of the, yeah. of the afternoon, sort of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just going out there, and as you as Rob is quite right, you, you come up and we see like the first thing you see with these stand there, and it was rows and rows. It was just absolutely jam packed. Mm. And as you come up the row then, and, and I can always I always remember so the game, and I always say with this Gornick, the yeah. first European Cup match down yeah. at Tottenham Hotspur. What a night that was! It was we amazing, were like, yeah. we had had a particularly good first leg. We were four down in one period and. We pulled a couple of goals back, 4-2, so, you know, made it a bit respectable. But mm. Bill Nixon, he had really had a go at us. The press had had a goal against Brianna and played particularly well in that first leg. And sort of everybody was up for it. Supporters, we were up for it. And as we come out, the sort of the crowd, the noise, they seemed to be right on top of us. Like when you play abroad, you, you've got the... The, the ground you've got a running track something yeah. else mm. the spectators are like 10 or 15 yards 20 yards off the off the field of play but at White Hart Lane it was right on top of them mm. and we've come out with the Gornick team and as we're coming up they're just looking around and I'm telling you what they were really sort of uh, terrified they were a goal down before they started I'm yeah. telling you it was an amazing experience that and right from the kick off Danny's played a ball through to Bobby Smith. He smacked it against the crossbar, and the noise was just incredible. And that continued for 90 minutes. And that now we beat them, I think, what was it, 8 1? 8 1? We would have beaten any team that has ever been known that night. We well, was just. What was that like as a player, though? I mean, that is an incredible story, and like, I've got goose pimples <laughs> listening to you, and I know. Oh, I, I, have an old, I, I, want yeah. to, I want to say about something that Adam Powley said. <laughs> Because um, his dad was working on on the turnstiles, and he'd lived through um, a world war, two world wars probably, and he's heard all kinds of things, shells going off, and, and, and seen horrendous things and experienced horrendous things. And he said the noise in White Hart Lane against Gornick on that night frightened him. Yeah. 
and that, but what is that like as a player though? Like well, being, it do you, lifts you, doesn't it? Do, is it, it lift you or do you think Fuck, I better not make mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> or is that the first man in it? I don't know, maybe. No, when you just hit the ball, it was okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, it was that, the whole thing was a positive thought. Yes, yes, amazing. They joined, in fact, the crowd just picked us up and just yeah. carried us. Yeah. Just amazing. And uh, I've never experienced nothing like that. I was going to say, about, a, another thing about that, those times was the, the sort of ethos from Bill and from Danny that the, the fans were so important. Absolutely. You're right. You're right, Rob. I was going to, that's something I was going to come on to was that Bill Nixon would say to us, most important people in this football club are not players, not directors, not management, supporters. He said, they come through that turnstile, they pay you wages. They work 40 hours a week and they would pay you wages. Yeah. which he did in those days mm. and he mm. made us very aware then of our responsibilities to the, the football club to the community which mm. the football club is a part of and anybody sort of like uh, bring that into a bit desperate you'd have the words from Cesar Pointer Bill wants to see you down the office you didn't want to hear that no. but I'm telling you something whatever was said in the office it stayed there it never came mm. out of there mm. and that was the strength of Bill but a good man, and uh, I mean that—that's that, it. I mean, I think some of the things. I'm, I'm 35, and um, I've seen the transition in football from what I still believe was grassroots football in the 80s to what football is now, which is a global market, marketable. You know, uh, and football, you can you can appreciate what goes on in the pitch. I'm sure you still watch it now and appreciate those things, but there was something about that community. You see, I th- today you're quite right because you've gone away from the fans. I mean, there was a, a attachment between the player and the fan mm. in my days, and Bill Nicholson sort of encouraged that because he would say to us, "The most important people in the football club are not management, not players, not directors, mm. supporters." And he was quite right. But the players, and afterwards we go along Tottenham High Road, you know, the corner pier, the Bellinaire. And the players going, used to go in there, didn't they? Drinks, <laughs> supporters here, and yeah. we just talking like we talking now. Yeah, and it was good for the supporter. It was good for the player. Yeah. And it just worked for us. Yeah. These days, you can't get him. You can't no. get him. No, you can't. No. It's totally different. It's a different yeah. different footballing world now, as you know, Robbie. So. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, was, uh, which is great, actually, in the book, is it, it's quite interesting how I think you reach a point in your life where you're, when you're younger, you just think everything that's new is the, it, it's just been invented. But why, what made me think about this when I was reading the book was about Bill Nicholson effectively micromanaging. And they talk about people like AVB was supposed to be the same at Spurs. Klopp is the same at Liverpool. Um, Guardiola. Mm. Mourinho, when he wants to be. It's, it, you know, they want, and people say almost, almost um, as if these guys have invented this, this thing. Oh, he wants to know everything about everything at the club. Whereas somebody like Bill, that was, it was just what you did as a, as a manager. I see. And it's incredible to think that you just think, well, why haven't the other managers done that, or why? What? What? But uh, I just think, obviously, Spurs. As Spurs, Spurs fans, we know the importance of being with Bill Nicholson, but it is. It never ceases to amaze me how what, much how much influence that guy had, how much he was involved with the club, yeah, every yeah. Mm-hmm. aspect, every level of the club he was involved with. He'd even, he'd even go and see if anybody said they've seen this young lad playing. He'd even go and see him. He'd mm-hmm. watch him himself, mm-hmm. and he was like that. He was just. Well, he football from the, as I say, from the boot room right up mm. in the boardroom. He was he was Bill Nicholson. He was involved with it. It was a, 
it was his football club, if you like. Mm. When you when 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 you was a uh, uh, you know kind of experiencing that time, um, what was was you aware of of um, uh, of Spurs being a magnificent football club at the time, or was it only after we had to live through some pretty no, times in the seventies? It, it was a magnificent club. I mean, like, I don't know if Cliff or like, or the players realised, but like seventy two thousand every more or less game but there's sometimes 20,000 locked out and I mean I've queued up for two hours to get in the ground yeah. and they just shut the gates that's it yeah. you know no chance they just close the turnstiles and not only that like people used to squeeze through so where it says 72,000 there could have been 80 up 90,000 in Tottenham loads of games because I, I mean I used to do it we used to squeeze through the turnstiles, two for one, and and of course it was all standing, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, in then that year. Well, I remember it more from like uh, when Jimmy Greaves signed because I was a bit older, and so I went to more games. And it was, it was so massive the club. It was a massive club, and like and when well you said like the Europe. I mean, we got robbed against, I think it was Benfica, Benfica in the yeah. semi-final. Yeah, we didn't get the run of the ball there. No, nah, I mean, I think there was, went against us. there was two offside goals, if I remember rightly, at White Hart Lane. Yeah. And they weren't offside. Well, I'm not being biased, but they wasn't. <laughs> they was not offside, you know. And, you know, that year, if we'd have beat Benfica, we'd have won that. Oh, certainly. If you Definitely. Did, I think Real Madrid were in the final already. Yeah. And they were just going over the top of the room like... Stefano and Pushkas, they're all yeah. like coming to the Yeah, they would come to the Whoever was going to yeah. play against them, we're going to win it. And yeah. Benfica won it, yeah. yeah. And we better. We had a question from Sarah, Sarah Redwoods, and she asked, she wouldn't know if there was any concerns at the dressing room when Jimmy Greaves was, was signed for, sort of, for all the money that he was signed for 99,999 pence. Is that right? That was yeah, right. yeah, yeah, just in a second. It's a penny. Did I just make that up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously, big deal coming in. Um, was it from AC Milan? Have I made that up? I'm pretty sure it was. It was AC Milan. Yeah. So, how, how, what was it at that time? Was it just a case? Of, did, it, did egos exist in the dressing room? And, and was Jimmy Greaves an ego when he came in? No, Jim was just one of the lads straight away. <clears throat> great, great lad. And hey, I wouldn't say the greatest player, but when it comes to putting the ball in the back of the net, he was definitely the greatest, mm-hmm. and, without a doubt. Sort of. And Jimmy Greaves, he would score goals, which you know other goal scorers like Shearer or Lineker couldn't score. But he could pick a ball up, and he could go past three or four players, mm-hmm. and he could stroke it into the net. Shearer, and, and great goal scorer, I'm not mm-hmm. sort of denying that, but he could never do anything like that. But Jim, he could, he, he could do that. It was like a finesse to his game, was it? Yeah, just it was. Stroke. He was just like, and with Jim, all it was the game was all about goals. He didn't want to play well. All he wanted to do was stick the ball in the back of the net. Mm. Wasn't the best I, trainer, was he not? Uh, not particularly good trainer. No, <laughs> no, you won't have to say that. I admit that. But I would also in his defence say that if he felt he needed to just put a bit of extra shift in, he would yeah. do it. Jim. Would that not rankle with Bill Nick though? It would rankle with him a great deal. All right, it would. <laughs> And there were many words were said. And, <laughs> I bet. And, uh, <laughs> but you can't deny his quality, I guess. Well, that's right. He was just sort of, for me, the, the greatest 
not the greatest player, but putting the ball in the back well, of the net, yeah. he, was, he, was, he also, was the best. I, I always feel, and I think a lot of Spurs fans feel sorry for Les, who was part of that great double side, scored a lot of goals in that team. And the next season he moves he moves out to make way for Greaves. But Bill Nick again was right. <coughs> well, you couldn't argue, couldn't argue with it. And, uh, unfortunately, Les, because Les a good lad, Les, terrific lad, and had his sort of his, his place in, in, in the double side and um, terrific goal scorer, worked very hard. Mm. And, um, <coughs> the, the but of thing. course, you can't argue about, like Jimmy Greaves, um, he's, he's come in and you're talking about the greatest, mm. in my opinion, goal scorer of the games in this country he's ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, just, it just worked as well, just worked. Mm. Yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to ask, and I've always been interested, uh, meaning to ask you, but there's now such a, a reliance on tactics, and I think as a fan, as the media, they, they be, we've become a bit obsessed with four three two, five two one, yeah. whatever. I've lose count. With the, the that that side, both in fact most of Nicholson's sides, you had you had, uh, Bobby Smith was up front, but he always had a, a, a player up there with him. <clears throat> So, yeah. can you talk us through that a bit? Was there so one, two questions? Was there such reliance on tactics, or was it actually you're good, get out there and play? Well, <clears throat> well, Bill would say to us, we'll start. When we've got the ball, we we're all attackers. When they've got the ball, we're all defenders. You know, like a bit like with the, was it the Danish side or Dutch side? They Dutch had, side, yeah, 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 yeah. Total football, total you know, football. And, mm. and to a certain extent, we we were like that. Uh-huh. But we had a sort of, I had a, a defensive role to play. Bill would say to me, if the ball's on the other side, I want you to sort of track back and sort of, you know, give a bit of cover into the midfield. So he, he sort of, he, he did have tactics, all right? Yeah. And, and sort of, uh, <coughs> the full backs, they were very important, sort of, uh, uh, they were there to defend. Um, these days, I don't see too many full backs <laughs> defend, I see much too many who can defend. Or can defend, if you like. And of course, that was the main role was to defend. Yeah, it's and amazing, isn't it? Because the Carl Walker and, and Danny Rose, you think of them, they're thinking they're brilliant fullbacks because yeah. they can get forward and cross yeah, and give, give us. They're allowed width. to do it, and, and and I do like the pair of them. I think I think they're terrific players. Really yeah. do. But then, sort of with with a Bill always worked on, on what he called a swivel system. You know, that's sort of if the ball was on was being attacked from that side of the field, then the fullback would have to cut come in and behind the fullback and behind yeah. the centre half Morris Norman just swivel around if he was on the other side then sort of uh, Ron Henry would do the same thing yeah. well, so they would sit behind that's behind it, the yeah. centre back like yeah. they didn't really well, go past the halfway line that much did they well, well sometimes they did but <laughs> we had the, we had the, that swivel system to yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. but I was never one for um, for tactics or nothing like that or just get the ball and run kind I of. would yeah, yeah. As Danny What about defending? Def- no, I do my defensive jobs to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bill was, you know, insistent. And when the ball was sort of coming from that side, he'd he'd want me just to want the wingers, not just me, just the wingers to track back into the midfield. And uh, I suppose, I suppose, what we play with? They said we played a four-two-four. That means there was four yeah, front, yeah. but I, I didn't think it was really because the wingers would always come back into the midfield a little bit. Mm. And you'd have the sort of John White and Danny Blanchard and, and De- Dave McKay then. Yeah, so, so, so what would Danny's role be? Danny's role in, in, the, in the team uh, as a yeah tactician. Did he did he pick up the ball and because I thought that was well, my he, dad was 
effectively doing that, distributing. Yeah, well, he played in, well, he played, he just, either played into Danny or into John White. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, he's good, yeah. yeah. Spe- speaking of John White, obviously, the Spurs never seem to be able to kind of have a, a kind of period of success without something external happening and, and creating upheaval and, and and nothing more extreme than would be the, what, what happened to, to John White where he went to play a round of golf and um, and then obviously sadly lost his life was struck by lightning which is the kind of the idea of anybody losing anybody through that method must be you know it's crazy because it just doesn't there's the, you know you've got the the, the, the the what's it the phrase you know you're more likely to be struck by lightning you know it's, it's unconceivable inconceivable uh, but that happened to a Tottenham player and it yeah. happened to, to, to Rob's to father um <clears throat> But just in in a footballing sense, what actually no, as a personal sense, how what was that like at that time? Can you remember it? And I can remember, yeah, vividly as it was yesterday. Yeah, because uh, I'd gone down to the ground. It was twenty twenty third of July, something like that, and and training was about. Bill was getting training organised for the mm. pre-season training, and and I'd gone down. And then John was down there, ready, and Terry Medin, who was just recovering from a, a leg injury, he was down there training, and. Uh, and John being John, he just um, took his trousers off and in his shorts, his underpants, <laughs> he just started training with Terry Medwin. That's it, honest truth, he did. He started doing that. Now, I was always, we was always messing around me. So I, a good chance I picked his trousers up and I, I took them. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you I, take them? Well, I just took them home. <laughs> I, I took them home, I just got in the car. I'm, I'm, nothing more about it. And of course... Um, and also at that time he said, "Do you fancy coming have a round of golf?" Yeah. And I sort of, um, I was never a golfer then, so I didn't, I didn't bother with that. And then there's a, a phone call, from Bill Brown, goalkeeper. He said, "Have you heard the news clip?" I said, "What news is that?" He said, uh, <coughs> "John White, has gone up to." Uh, Cruiser golf course, been struck by lightning and he's dead. I said, You're joking. I saw him this morning. In fact, I said, I've got his trousers. Oh, and uh, he said, No, it's fine. Well, you know, more can be said. It was just like a complete shock and mm. whatever, all those emotions that just come flooding into you. And, you. and uh, <clears throat> To be honest, I can't remember a good deal what happened then. All I was just thinking, like, John, what I'd seen this world, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And, yeah. uh, I mean, that uh, that's, I mean, if you just obviously take the the, 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 the tragedy out of, uh, the personal tragedy, tragedy out of it, you, you kind of, that doesn't happen in football teams. Uh, you know, the, the thing that happened in Munich with, with Man United, and then, and then you've got, uh, this is kind of, you're not used to seeing kind of your heroes on the pitch. These things happening to him, but to, to, he's a close friend of yours. You bedded with him, ruined with him, rather, and uh, you know he, he was such a crucial part to the way Tottenham played. And as you said in the podcast already, Blanche Flower, Mackay White. That was yeah. that. Were, those were the three that were most important to us. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, part of the reason why we got you in, uh, Rob was. Is the kind of you've been friends, your wife Joan as well, been friends with Rob's mum for a long, long time, and offered so much support and 
uh, it was just um, it's just a massively sad thing again I, it's the stuff I was told as a kid my, by my dad had taught them the story of Rob White uh, sorry John White my and you know that he was such a great player but what what was it about him at, at Tottenham that made him stand out in a way that no other player managed to <coughs> well you say he was, he was gifted mm. obviously very gifted footballer and had a great sort of engine as they say supremely fit sort of one of the best trainers and uh, his fitness was always one you had to try and match if you could stay up with John White in the cross countries and stuff like that usually with a shout mm. and uh, yes he was like sort of for me I think John White sort of in sort of passing away getting killed by lightning like that sort of that was the start really of the breakup of of that side if you like mm. uh, because John was one of the main players and and then Danny sort of he would start to struggle somewhat and so just going back to that time where John got struck by lightning and he was uh, taken from us then that mm. was uh, a lot was taken away from Tottenham Hotspur Football Club mm. in fact uh, that was the the end if you like of that sort of of them glory years because uh, we never achieved all that afterwards mm. uh, players were brought in and, but never the same it was never the same no, it did take a long time to recover after even as a supporter I realised that it, it sort yeah. of the spine was taken out well we never won really no. anything after that except the, the FA Cup in 1967 yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, <clears throat> so it was that, that mm. John passing away like that because I, I've, I feel with John he he was such a huge part of the team, not only sort of like sort of football wise, but sort of mm. as a, as a in spirit as well. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And uh, it was you could never refill that place. You could never do it. And uh, nah. And uh, I agree. We we did, he, we didn't replace him for well. I well, we never replaced him. Nah, because you know, he was just a sort of a, mm. an amazing sort of player and. Uh, he had what? everything. He sort of he got his goals, you know, from the midfield. He got sort of at least up like mm. a dozen goals every season, you know, which all the top midfielders get, which he was. Um, made so many, and he was always for me like sort of available for a pass. Not that I ever passed the ball, but <laughs> he was available he was for there it. Just and, in case, and he was just in case, and and he was just like. Do you think um, Ali? Is similar to why, like in what respect? Just the way, just the way he plays. What finding space? Yeah, I mean, I, well, Deli Ali gets gets around the pitch a lot, and uh, but I don't, I don't think he's, what he's lacking. I was John's temperament, you know. Yeah, yeah. John but was targeted. I, but, People but, like to try and get him, but he never bothers. I mean, John, never. seeing John White like Ali now is the, I think, the nearest player to him that we've had for. Well, yeah, that's that's very common. You've, you've you know you've experienced yeah. him. He just and reminds the way John White they, played. Yeah, and he, you he, know you're right in that, but he's not going to be he's John not, White. No, no the temperament. He's no, he's well, got, I don't think he's ever be another John White. There wouldn't be. No, of course not. No, no way. There'll never be another Cliff Jones. <laughs> well, well. Think so. I'm not going to argue with him. No. Well, no. actually, funny. I mean, because there was a there was a move in order to. Uh, I think Bill Nick spoke to you about potentially um, after 
uh, John White passed uh, about you filling in at number 10 uh, uh, which didn't quite work out no it didn't no. <coughs> he, he, he tried to get me to get to the midfield and mm. <coughs> get the ball and pass it but that was never my game no <coughs> my game was getting the ball alright but I never passed it so <laughs> what was it <laughs> what, what, in, in your head when you got the ball what, what was your, your, your sole purpose because it was different now where you had to kind of work different zones and think about your position in the pitch was it your head is get the ball and get that get that ball into into the you know to the attacker or what what, well, how, what did your brain get work down as, get the ball and just get down as hit by that pitch as far as I could really yeah and he loved Bobby Smith could edit in yeah, but I, I, I wasn't just like I, I would use the ball as well. I would pass it now and again, as mm. as Danny Blanford would, you know, mention to me. You know, try passing the bloody thing now yeah. and again. You know, <laughs> and I did. I did do that. I, I was a good passer of a ball, but I knew my guy. And I sensed it when I picked the ball up. Anyway, that the crowd would just mm. would stand up a little it's bit, a, a bit of expectancy. And it's at Tottenham. That's what that's what we love, isn't it? I mean, you think about that. Some of those players that did pick. Pick us up in recent years, Ginola, every time he got the ball, he wasn't going to do anything, but he was yeah. going to beat his man, he was going to get to the byline and he was going to cross it over and we loved him for it, even when he lost it. Yeah. Bauer was a, the same thing in the first, the season, that after we came back, the, the kind of parallels between you and Bauer are, are freakish in, in terms of, because he's injury, you know, he's, he's, he's form when he first joined Tottenham wasn't great, 24 games without a win, his injuries that he had, and then he came back. Uh, and then he was, and then he just found his form, and his form relied on him getting to that byline and whipping that ball in that wondrous left leg that he had. It's weird, almost how how, how many similarities there are between you two. Mm-hmm. And also, he was also very good in the air, which yeah. I was. Yeah, mm. and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I would take a little bit of um, credit for his heading. Yeah, because I did speak to him on one occasion or a couple of occasions about his heading. Yeah, I said Gareth, you can see, you can do it. You've got the ability. You can see the defender, you can see the ball, come a little bit late, come across him, you'll get some goals, son. And he did. And he did. All I would say yeah. in your favour is that you never left. He never left. Oh, you never left. You could have the opportunity to go to well, the Juve. I think he was a foot bigger than me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had the chance to go to uh, to Juventus, didn't he? And um, that, that didn't quite. Yeah, I think uh, Bill Nick was like, yeah, I'm not having that. No, never. Well, he did tell him. You can have him in four years' time. That's where my contact with him yeah, So there yeah. we are. It was the end of the story, and he didn't, didn't have it. In many ways, I won. I, I, I was quite happy about it here because I, yeah. I was really settled in at Palmer's Green, and the family was coming along nicely. And yeah, I was, I was happy where I was. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we've kept you for an hour now, so I don't, I don't want to keep this going on. Um, just a quick, a couple of quick, actually because people don't know I've mentioned it before about you teaching me at Highbury Grove School and obviously you, you were there for 30 years weren't you so you won't remember me but I did remember you and I I, I, I to this day still play five-a-side football and to this day still bend my knees turn side on when a defender, when an attacker's coming at me you taught me that and you never passed the ball either because I, I played five-a-side football <laughs> so he taught you that too. he taught me to there run he, he also taught you, me to run with me there yeah. yeah he's listening he also taught yeah. me to run with the outside of my boot when he used to show me uh, in, in, do you remember the playgrounds in Hypergrove? No one. This is not interesting to anyone else, but it is interesting to me and you. We had the sunken but, playground. Yeah, we had the sunken playground, but you always used top to playground. teach us in the top playground. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. sunken playground was where the rough kids play football. It, yeah. I didn't survive in that, that in the sunken playground for very long. But the um, yeah, you used to teach us about running with a ball, with the outside, pushing it along with the outside of your foot, uh, and all of that stuff. I mean, you, and also remember being um, you offering an, uh, an open challenge to anyone to beat you at badminton. 
and uh, no one did. Nobody did. No. <laughs> there was that one time I thought I got. No. No, yeah, you you was you was incredible. It was it was it was amazing, really, to kind of. Well, if I felt I was getting beat, there'd be a timeout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah timeout, son. Hang on. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. Just quickly, uh, quick sort of quick fire questions we got from people because we, we we put out a tweet and said that you were going to be on there and. I've got to ask this question for you. It'll just be a couple of minutes. Is uh, Martin Max says, uh, "What does the current team need to uh, need to turn them into to winners, um, into title winners?" You mentioned Mackay being the the final piece of the jigsaw. <clears throat> what do you think we need at the moment, Spurs, to to turn us to winners? What what's missing from that team at the moment? Do you think? I don't think there's anything missing. Mm. I think that he's he's got the team there. Uh, <clears throat> is it playing together it, longer or? Yes. Uh, uh, I wish you'd been giving a bit of time to think about this. Sorry, time. I did throw this well, on you right there. <laughs> well, I because I'm, I'm not, I'm not a sort of a, yeah. a tactician. No, I'm just instinctive. What well, do you enjoy watching the Spurs currently? I mean, you've seen this going through. Yes, I do. I enjoy watching. Them. I like the style and. And Pochettino's like done a lot, hasn't he? Since Pochettino, he's, he's going to play the high tempo type of football, yeah. and uh, uh, I like the sort of the two full backs. Yeah, who are my favourite players, yeah. Kyle Walker and Danny Rose. I, yeah. I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In um, <clears throat> as much, all right, defensively, sort of question marks, but really these days the fullback's job is more as an attacking player it's rather than want, a defensive player. I think Danny Rose is my favourite footballer at, at Spurs as well. At the moment, I, lo- I love so much about Tottenham at the moment. Danny, uh, Eric Dyer. You can see why people love him, and, and Harry Kane. Obviously, he's, he's a local lad. With he's become our captain. No, sorry, of course, my but. my big favourite in, in in the Tottenham side is Dembele. Oh, he's the, yeah. I think he is. I think he's, he's the best midfielder in, in the league, surely. A, I think he's the best midfielder player in the world. My only my only <laughs> criticism. I'm full agreement only, with you. Glitch. My only criticism of of Dembele. He don't get enough goals. Yeah, and uh, you look at all the the top midfield. Go back to when I. Dean McKay, John mm. White, they got the, the double figures yeah. every season, yeah. and that's what I like them belly doing. Yeah. Let's see him getting a few goals. He's incredible. For me, he? he's just one brilliant player. He is brilliant. I love him so much. Um, James Harrison says, if you could relive one moment of your Spurs career, thinking back of anything that's happened, does anything stand out to you that you thought that was a, a great time? I'd love to relive that. Would it be winning the, the league, maybe, or the FA Cup, or is there anything, or is it just a very broad? It is quite broad, isn't it? Because it's like everything. The, f- the first ones to win, it's like Hillary climbing Everest and mm. Roger Banners breaking the four yeah. million mile, being the first team to win the double. That is very special to me. Then being sort of uh, winning the cup the following year, then being the first team. British team to win a European competition Absolutely. and that also stays around those are my standout memories not so much individually but just collectively for the team because we were a team and Bill Nicholson he was the main man in all that it's, it's all well and good people say well it's been done since but we were the first it hadn't been done it's until always the first isn't it? always the first yeah. absolutely and uh, there was another question about um, <clears throat> Bale Giggs or Cliff Jones which we did right at the beginning I forgot about that, but uh, instead of asking you, Cliff, what, who do you reckon, Dad? Cliff, Cliff Jones, uh, Gareth Bale, or Ryan Giggs? I think they're all brilliant. Uh, Dad, that's not the answer. I no, want. Uh, well, obviously, I'm going to say Cliff, the podcast, definitely Cliff Jones. Yeah. Absolutely, as a winger. And, and as, as I said, Bill Nicholson would say to us, 
supporters, they got their finger on the pulse of the club. They know what they're talking about. And your dad certainly knows, knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a yeah. lot of football. That's incredible. Uh, look, if you, if you haven't uh, already bought the book or you want to buy it, um, it's a great Christmas gift. It's a lovely hardback. It's got a very young Cliff Jones there. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Somebody asked me if you had a big Jaffa cake in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What, what was that like? Did you like that? Did you see that football? Yeah. That's when football was well. Hey, can you imagine players today trying to play with that? What? Yeah. what? what? You, like, these, these are ones with the stitches in, right? There's two pound of lace ups here. Yeah. yeah, and so did you ever sort of, as the ball was come, just shit yourself a little bit? Was it as you, uh, you had to edit in the laces? Like, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, on the funny side, going back to my time, I've been the centre forwards in most dressing rooms at three o'clock on, a, on an afternoon or just before three o'clock would turn to the wing and say, No one you sent that ball, make sure the lace is facing the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know, just one of them throwaway lines. And they always just say, Don't they? Just, yeah. It was, I mean, what, it seems, I suppose what I was going to do, it's just football, isn't it? But it, it would cut, tell you. Of course, that's one of the big differences in the game today. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, I get asked, you know, how would you defend today's football? Mm. I, I'm, you know, I've been working on Tottenham, and I love doing it sort of for many years, and, and in, 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 with, the, with the support. And I, I say, well, look, it's not how would I do in today's football, mm. how would today's footballer, how would well, he adjust well, lived, yeah. to the style of football in which we played, the conditions and the football, which is totally different. Look at it. I'll tell you what, I would, I would, I would absolutely mean, give any money on earth to see Ronaldo play in your day. There's a TV series. Yeah. I would love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they wouldn't be too impressed with the wages either. No, I bet they wouldn't. <laughs> do you ever get? The, do you ever manage to lift the ball over the crossbar? Well, yeah, we could do that before. I could never reach the cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, honestly, uh, you, you've got to go and uh, read this book. It's amazing stuff. There's loads that I wanted to talk to you about, Cliff, but just, uh, you know, we've run out of time. There's just too much to talk about. And um, you know, if you if you want something good to read, I'm sure there's many deads out there that would want to want to read this book. And um, I'm going to pass. Is that going to be my Christmas present? Yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? If you sign this for me, I can give it to Dad for Christmas. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic book. Any good bookstores out there, will, 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 you'll be able to pick it up and, and do so because you get to read outside all of the stuff we talked about. Some great, great stuff about Wales, uh, your time at Swansea, time in the army. Don't forget Highbury Grove. Highbury Grove. I know this is. I think you know. I, I can to... still be. I can still be walking around Tesco's on a Friday afternoon with my wife yeah. doing a bit of shopping. I can guide at some stage. Some young man oh, would come yeah. up and say, "Remember me, sir? Yeah. How we go to school?" And I said, like, "Oh yes, son. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what what house are you in? Yeah. I was in uh, uh, Bedford House. Oh yeah. Are you still a pain in the arse?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, you, I think you did that to me when I just turned up. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> uh, but do you know, look, listen. As a, as a teacher, it's an amazing job. You did incredible things um, for Tottenham Hotspur and all of the fans that went there. But for, for and obviously, I don't remember that, but I do remember you as a teacher, and you was you was fantastic. And um, a great teacher stays in the mind of, of, of lots of people. So, but fa- thank you so much for doing for teaching me, P, and, and, and enabling me to run with the outside, pushing the ball forward with the outside of my boot. But also, thank you for coming on the Fighting Cup podcast. It's been a privilege. boy made good. Yeah, cheers. Well. Thank you. Awesome. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.